Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Big shout out to my son Dawson. Today is his 21st birthday, so I'm very excited for him. My youngest is 21 years old. Can you believe that, Crash? Mm, 21, huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> he's all fired up and he's going to the, the Mavs game on Sunday, game four. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Uh, yeah, no doubt. So have a great day, Dawson. And I am joined here. I am I'm coached by the way, and I'm joined by Crash. So it's the Coach and Crash NBA show and uh sort of our version of the old Mike and Mike in the morning uh show. Yeah. I missed that. I loved Mike and Mike in the oh, morning. Oh, I know I did too. I used to listen to it all the time. Yeah, uh, at, yeah. At that time I was driving a a truck so i was listening to it all the time early in the morning so nice yeah but we're excited today we've got a two-game nba slate and uh you know we're down to the conference semifinals this is the real deal now so we're gonna break down these two games give us uh, give you some of our plays sort of look at the scenarios here of some different ways we can build these lineups out uh, we're coming off a, a nice profitable night last mm -hmm. night um, would have been a, a takedown night if I wouldn't have switched from Reed to Jordan. But, you know, I about 42% of the public did the same thing with me. So mm. it, uh, yeah, it's not, wasn't fun. Um, but uh, let's just say it wasn't Michael Jordan. It was definitely DeAndre Jordan. So yeah. won't be going there next, next go, go around. But Anyway, today, two great games, uh, both very pivotal game twos in these series. Uh, Milwaukee leads uh, the Boston series 1-0, and Golden State leads the Memphis series 1-0. So we've got both road teams coming out victorious uh, in their first games, and we'll see if they can follow it up tonight. So uh, Crash and I are going to break it down, look at some of the numbers. We do have a couple of injuries uh, that are questionable that are going to be mm -hmm. key. Uh, so we'll follow those as the day goes on. And I just checked prior to jumping on here, used uh, everywhere I could uh, look that I normally do, the Roto-Wires Fantasy Lab, shout out to all of them that are posting all the information. And it was pretty consistent throughout. So it looks as though the two guys that we're going to have to watch today crash are Marcus Smart for yeah. Boston and Desmond Bain for Memphis. Right. Those will be the two impactful players. Personally, when I did this uh, preparation for this podcast, I have both of them playing. I think they both mm -hmm. play, but that they are listed questionable. So yeah. we'll yeah. follow that news. All right, let's take a look at the numbers here on a few things the first game milwaukee boston and we want to there is a discrepancy here in total so we want to weigh that toward uh what we're looking at here because that makes all the difference in the world is you know where are you going to stack when you have mm -hmm. a two gamer so bucks at the celtics boston is favored by four and a half it's only a 215 and a half total 105 and a half implied for milwaukee 110 implied for Boston. And if you look at the second game, numbers are higher on the totals all over the place and the spread is tighter. So mm -hmm. it's Golden State, a two-point road favorite at Memphis. 
227 and a half total. So 12 full points uh, higher than the first game. 114.75 for Golden State, which is the highest of the four teams. And 112.75, which is the second highest for Memphis. Now, it's not one of those 25-point you know, spreads on the totals, but 12, 12 points gets your attention. That's a lot of DFS points. It's extra possessions and something we're going to have to look at. All right, Milwaukee, Boston. We've got injuries. Uh, we have Hill and Middleton remain out for Milwaukee. They didn't play in game one either. And then the only designation for Boston is Marcus Smart uh, being out. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do first, Crash, is I want to take a look back at game one because we did see some tendencies. I know you and I broke mm -hmm. down game one, and we felt it was going to be they're going to dive all over Giannis and defensively, and he's going to have to give the ball up and get some assists, which we crush because he mm -hmm. had 12 assists and he had a lot of them early. But yeah. the problem for Boston was he got loose on some transition, which we were concerned about. And then just, you know, Giannis being Giannis, he got up 25 shots. Yeah. Drew, Drew Holiday got up 20. So those are the two guys we expect we're going to get the majority of the action, and they did. Bobby Portis, 6-for-12, super uh, efficient game as he normally does with his 11 rebounds, so a nice double-double uh, for Portis. But after that, you know, we short, sort of shied away from most of the guys, mm -hmm. and it, it was really, you know, a, a smart move. Now, Lopez yeah. grabbing 10 rebounds uh, was – uh, a decent thing, but only three for seven. Matthews, two for seven. Grayson Allen, four for eight. Connaughton, three for six. Javon Carter, two for four. So my question to you, you're the Milwaukee Bucks expert here. Is it still just Giannis and Holiday with a possibility of Portis, or are you looking at it any different based on that first game? I think that it's it's going to be a lot like that first game from Milwaukee. Um, you know, there just there isn't a whole lot outside of of uh, Giannis Holiday and Portis offensively. Um, Grayson Allen and, and Pat Connaughton will come in and hit some timely threes. They'll definitely do that. Uh, and Grayson Allen has been a little bit more aggressive lately as far as driving to the you know driving to the hole. Um, so I do think that that'll continue. Uh, but I just think that the Bucks kind of they'll they'll just control the the game similar to the way they did in game one just because i don't really know how boston is going to stop Giannis. i mean whether he's facilitating or he's scoring in the paint it just seems like they don't have any answers for him whatsoever right so i feel like it's going to be uh a lot like you know and and i might just be being a homer but i feel like it's going to be a lot like game one again i i kind of saw the same thing happen against chicago when they have the matchup advantages they just continue to pound the same advantages over and over and over and bud doesn't change stuff that works so i don't see why it wouldn't be a lot like game one the only exception would be that tatum and and jalen brown both kind of struggled in the first game so that could make a difference yeah, you know, the defensive end, it's tough. I mean, I would assume they're going to change some things up because they did get smoked pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they the uh, the Bucks shot 41% from the field. 
uh, which, you know, you shoot over 40%, you're doing all right. You're going to, you're going to win yeah. a lot of games, 54 rebounds. I mean, they, they hammered the glass and how about this stat? How about that? They, they had five blocks and uh, they had 22 assists. You know, those are all stats that those all make a difference. They add up mm-hmm. and, you know, the, so they took a stand defensively. They were very difficult to stop offensively, but, you know, the question will be, what are, uh, you know, what are the adjustments that Boston makes? Uh, you know, if you're going to get 45 shots from Giannis and Holiday, man, it's hard not to want to play those guys. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, that just opens up a lot. I do, I do have an interesting uh, number here, though, on a few of these guys that it's just something to notice. You know, they didn't pull away really. They had the game in control a lot, but mm-hmm. they didn't pull away till late. And what I thought Coach Bud did spectacularly here was he used his bench a lot. Yeah. Um, you had 32 minutes from Portis, 37 from Giannis, 28 from Lopez, 28 for Matthews, and 35 for Holiday. But how about the, the three guys, 29 minutes from Allen, 21 from Connaughton, and shocking 22 from Javon Carter. Javon Carter, yeah. Yeah, so those three guys, if if you were to tell me they're going to continue to get over 20 minutes, uh, you know, and 29 for Allen, mm-hmm. I mean, they become value plays, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, definitely. I mean – Carter's just getting the minutes that George Hill would be getting. So it makes right. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And and they're playing him and, and holiday on the floor at the same time too. So I right. think that they're um, those guys like Connaughton and Allen and Carter, they're, they're just continue to see minutes as long as the lineup is the way it is. So, yeah, yeah I think all three of those guys are value plays. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of options on Milwaukee. Certainly the, the temptation to spend up for Giannis, is gonna, I mean, he's gonna be very highly owned. Yeah, you don't put up 24 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, and two blocks, and not, you know, feel like you've got to have those points, just right. raw points to survive here. So, I mean, are you thinking like 70% ownership for Giannis, something in that neighborhood? Um, I don't know if it's gonna be that high. Um, I think that John Morant's gonna get a lot of ownership too. And, and those are the two of the main payup guys on this slate. So right. I think it's going to be between those two. I think Giannis will have a little bit more ownership than Morant. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know how Boston's going to slow him down because, you know, even when they had him doubled and tripled in the paint, he still was able to kick it out. I mean, that one play, he was flying out of bounds and he threw it yeah. to the top of Akita Portis for a three. Right. I, mean, I don't know how you stop that. So no. And, 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 you know, if they're in transition, it just, I mean, there's no way. So I'm with you. I mean, I just don't know if I can get away from Giannis. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that simple of, you know, I ended up on, on the podcast yesterday. I was trying to find a way to fade Luca and mm-hmm. I wanted to build more of a mid-level. And as the day went on, I, you know, I had said on the podcast, I was going to play him in one lineup or, or whatever. And as the day went on, it's just like, how do I give up 60 DFF yeah. points here or 65 and then catch up? I mean, right. you know, it's it's so difficult when you have a two-game slate. Now, maybe on a big slate with eight games and you have a bunch of guys go for 50, whatever mm-hmm. you but you're just, you know, the it's it almost 
is impossible for me in a, as a cash player, cash, you know, uh, looking at 50-50s, double-ups, and head-to-heads to not play Giannis. I, he'll probably be in 100% of my lineups. I just don't see any way around it. Yeah, and he has had some, you know, games where he did less or whatever against Boston, but that was when Middleton was playing. And when Middleton's not out there, it's just the usage is too great. You know, the usage is too great for him and Drew Holiday both. And that's what we said. I mean, that was the key that, you know, losing Middleton, all it did was was make, you know, not his fill-ins and guys off the bench. It really that big time usage went to Giannis and holiday Mm -hmm. like we expected. And I think it'll stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference is with this series versus the Chicago series is these games are closer. So Giannis gets more minutes, you know, he gets more opportunities. They didn't need him as much in that Chicago series. Um, And Middleton went down like they do in this series. So yeah, I just think Giannis is just going to continue to be a must play. So I agree. And now let's uh, switch over to Boston. Um, you know, I had mentioned uh, Milwaukee was 37 for 90 for a sharp 41%, whereas Boston, you know, did not make their shots like they needed to. 28 for 84 for only 33%. So you get mm-hmm. in the low 30s, that's when you start getting in trouble. And there were a lot of guys that just did not get it done. Tatum, six for 18, 33%. Marcus Smart, three for 11, 27%. Uh, Jalen Brown, four for 13, 30%. So, you know, those numbers have to improve for them to win. It's flat mm-hmm. out. So, yeah. do you, you know, some of that's the Milwaukee defense. Some of it, you know, just Boston was not hitting their shots. So yeah. I think this is going to be a very competitive game. And, there's no doubt Boston's going to come out here with that okay. mentality of there's no way on earth we can go down 2-0 and go on the road. So yeah, yeah. I'm expecting Boston to turn it up. <laughs> I, I like some Boston players more here than I did the other day. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's take a quick review here because it's not as difficult with Boston. Right. You've got Tatum, who played almost 40 minutes. Horford, who had a fine game played 37 minutes. You've got uh, Jalen Brown, 38 minutes, Marcus Smart, 33. Now, where you can get a little, you know, interest here is Robert Williams, as we expected, we had him at 22 to 25 minutes. He played 22 and a half. Is that enough is the question. Mm. Uh, The other guy, Grant Williams, who I had in some lineups, played almost 29 minutes crash. So, yeah, that he didn't is too much was, either because it I barely even remember him being out there. I mean, obviously he, he may have been doing something defensively, but offensively he didn't do anything because I no. don't remember him being on the floor hardly well, at all. He and Peyton Pritchard, when they were in there with the second unit, that's really where they lost control of the game. Yeah, because Grant was minus 15, Peyton Pritchard minus 17. Mm. Those are the two worst on the team. Yeah. So you know, do they get minutes again? We'll see. Now, Derek White, 16 minutes, and Peyton Pritchard, 11, and mm-hmm. then Tice, four. I mean, it really, I don't see how you play those guys. To me, it's you got Tatum, Horford, Brown, and Smart. That's that's your meat and potatoes. I think you got to you gotta have two of those guys in your lineup. And then if you can go a little cheaper for Robert Williams, if you – you know, yeah. 22 minutes, that's right on the border of not quite making it for me. Uh, if he gets over 25, 
you know, with a great DFS points per minute guy, I'm I'm good with that. But you know, only six shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more. But he, you know, he's always going to grab you some rebounds and get some stocks. You just know yeah. that's going to be there. So, right. you know, three blocks in only 22 minutes is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, he's below 5K on DraftKings. So I, I do think that's a good value there for him. I do. I do too. And they need him. And they yeah. need to win. And I think, you know, I'm going to project Robert Williams at 26 minutes, which mm-hmm. makes him a lot better for me. And I'm going to take Grant Williams from 29 minutes down to like 24, yeah, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. So that flips the the switch for me for Williams. But it's something, you know, those two may split minutes. It may mm-hmm. be that simple. Um, so we have to watch that closely. Um, you know, really, as far as getting shots up, the it was it was shared more than I thought it would be. Uh, Tatum 18, but only 13 for Brown, and he's a volume shooter. Smart and Horford got 11. Now, I don't know. Horford has a lot of games where he doesn't get double-digit shots up. So I know, you know, Milwaukee tried to help a lot more on Tatum and Brown, which is going to leave Horford and Smart open for some shots. Mm -hmm. Smart couldn't hit his one for six. Right. But you're talking about Al Horford got up nine threes, Crash. Nine. (laughs) Yeah, that was probably part of Milwaukee's game plan was to let him shoot because he, yeah, he's he's a decent three point shooter, but that's definitely not his, you know, preferred shot. So, well, that's my question to you, Mister Bucks. Here, I need this answer because this is going to depend on my build. Do they stay with the same strategy since it worked and try to keep Tatum and Brown's shooting percentage down, mm-hmm. allowing Horford and Smart to shoot some open shots? Yeah, because. Right. That's hard not to take those guys because I think Horford can go four for nine again. Smart will probably make three or four of them this this go around. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, if they can limit Tatum and Brown, I mean, I think that has to be their key strategy. Um, those are the two main guys that you worry about with Boston. And and Brown, I mean, he's getting locked up by Holiday, basically. So I think it's going to be a tough series for him. I thought initially – the way that things went during the regular season that Brown was going to have a better series, but I don't know if they're going to keep, you know, holiday locked in on him. That's going to be tough for him. So you know, Jalen Brown had seven turnovers. Yeah. And he's not even a, a, a major ball handler. Right. Yeah. He that was telling you how good drew holiday is. Exactly. He was having some major problems. So yeah, I do. I think that they're going to focus on Tatum and, and uh, Brown, which is going to make guys like, Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard and Derek White when he's out there. Those are the guys that are going to have to beat them. Yeah. So, Well, for me, my focus is, I agree with you, my focus is Tatum, Horford, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart. I think those are the the directions I'm looking uh, and then just seeing what, you know, what can be afforded. Yeah. Yeah, Tatum Tatum can get his. I mean, he got 18 shots up in game one. He just didn't make them. So he can definitely he can definitely pay off his price. He's below 10K on both sites. So um he Tatum should never have a game for me from Boston. He should never have a game where he takes less than 20 shots. He's yeah. just too good to not get 20 shots up. I mean right. reasonably, I'd I'd like him to have 25 shots like. Giannis did 
and and Brown to get 20 shots up like Holiday did, and they didn't. They got 18 and 13, and you know you got to find a way if you're Boston to get those guys the ball. Yeah, Tatum's going to have to make some threes because if he goes down in the paint with Lopez and Giannis and Portis, that's just playing right in the Milwaukee's hands. So it's going to be down to his outside shooting, how he does yeah. in this series. And Horford and and, uh, and Smart are going to have to hit some as well. So yeah. I still, I really like that. You know, I know that, uh, you know, we talked about how much less of a, a spread here in this game as far as the total goes. But I still think you have to have some exposure. It's not like totally stack Golden State Milwaukee and just have one guy from each squad here. I think you mm-hmm. have to have a little bit more balanced lineup if you want to take something down. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And if if Marcus Smart's out, then obviously Derek White becomes a key play. Um, so I think that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Marcus Smart's so tough, though, man. I, yeah. I can't imagine he's going to sit this game. He did get in. He got like two or three different injuries on, on yeah. Sunday though. He just kept re-aggravating injury after injury. So he did. So we'll see if he can roll out there. And if he does, do you avoid him just cause he's not playing at a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. That so we'll sense. get all the, the coach speak and all the, the news, uh, you know, beat writer news. We'll be posting that in Twitter on Twitter. Uh, and if you want to catch that, we're at DFS coach talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati. And Mr. Crash is at JP Davis 1982. So you can catch us there. A um, couple other things. This podcast, by the way, is presented by Prize Picks. We're going to share some prize picks at the end of the podcast, our top selections today. Uh, if you go to prizepicks.com, sign up with the promo code Coach Talk, they'll match you dollar for dollar on that first hundred bucks. All right, let's go to game two. It is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and the Memphis Grizzlies, and same scenario here. Memphis is going to come out with their hair on fire. They have to win. You can't go down 2-0. They're underdogs, so this is going to be very interesting. Again, they're Golden State by 2, 227.5 total, 114.75 implied for Golden State, 112.75 for the Grizz. Uh, Clay Thompson probable. He's a go. No worries there. Iguodala still remains out. You know, the big, really, really important piece of news is Desmond Bain, who's questionable. I think he goes, and he's a key player to their team. Zaire Williams, who gets a few minutes off the bench, is questionable again. Uh, Adams, Aldama, and Tilly remain out. So we're going to go back, look at game one on in this series as well. Golden State, uh, you know, just it was a fantastic game, 117-116. Clay hit that big three really to win the game. Uh, Jaw had a chance at the end, didn't get it done. But it was really a fun game to watch. I expect a lot of similarities to this game. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, though, uh, we did talk about stacking this game last go around. Felt that this would be more of an open game, and it was ton of points here. The, the question is, does it stay as as open? I think. Memphis plays a fast pace. They have all year. That sort of played in Golden State's hands. And the reason I say that is when you're setting up a defense, you're planning it out as a coach and you're practicing it out. This is how we're going to defend. It's generally in a half court set, how it's going to, who's going to play who, what switches, 
mm-hmm. how you're going to take away some of the threes. Where you can't control that is in transition. Right. If the ball's being pushed. Somebody's filling a lane. Somebody's the trailer. You're always going to get an open look for three. And it's when you have Curry, Poole, and Thompson mm-hmm. spotting up on transition, <laughs> it's going to kill you. So I think what I think what Memphis will do is slow down the pace just a little bit. So I mm-hmm. think this game will go a little lower scoring. So if you're playing it, I like the under personally, but I think it slows down a little bit because they're able to control the defense a little bit better in a half court set. Now I'm not saying, you know, Memphis is going to get away from still trying to run the floor because with right. Jaw, you've got to, yeah. but I just think that they will be a little more cautious here because what happened is, with that pace, Golden State got up 93 shots, Crash. Wow. And do you know that they hit 45 of them? Wow. You, know, you give up 48.4% on 93 shots, and mm. Memphis was a top five defensive team all year. That is a disaster. So yeah. a couple of things I'm going to predict here. Number one, I think Memphis wins this game. So there you go. They're an underdog. I like Memphis. I Mm. think they hold Golden State down a a fewer shots, slow the pace down a little bit, because they are not going to win playing that style basketball, because this is their nightmare. 20 shots for Poole, 20 for Curry, 19 for Thompson, 14 for Wiggins. So there you go. You got their key players with 75 shots they're getting up there, and they're shooting almost 50%. Yeah, uh, you know, you're you're going to get swept if you play right. that kind of defense. Right. And so they're, you know, I really respect Jenkins as a coach for Memphis. I think you're going to see a reset of strategy here for Memphis in this game. So mm. even though I'm telling you these numbers, you know, six for 19 for Thompson, which isn't quite going to get it done. Right. Wiggins, six for 14, solid as hell. Curry, eight for 20, but five threes. That gets it done. Pool. 12 for 20, five threes, that gets it done. Those mm-hmm. are the guys that they're going to focus on. I think you've got to find a way to get out there, guard that three-point line. And, you know, 38 threes, come on, man. You can't give yeah. up 38 threes to the Splash Brothers here. Just not going to fly. So I think there's going to be some regression for Golden State. I'm not saying they're a total fade for me. But, you know, you got 30 minutes from Clay, 34 from Wiggins, 37 from Curry, and 38 from Poole. Those mm-hmm. are the guys that are going to get the majority of the minutes. Only 17 from Draymond because he was ejected. And, you know, so that'll change things. That'll help them defensively. And, you know, some of the usage, a little bit of the usage, not a ton. But, you know, the big news was they went with, a small lineup. They put Gary Payton in there, and I think you were on Payton, so great call there, and removed Looney from that starting lineup. So my yeah. question to you, as we, as we, you're listening to my long-winded explanation here with, with Golden State, do you feel, as I do, that they'll regress a little bit, and are you going to, you know, one-off here, or are you still going to stack Golden State? Uh, probably not going to stack Golden State um, with Giannis and Tatum and those guys. It's going to be hard to do that. But I do like Jordan Poole, um, 7,200 on FanDuel, 6,900 on DK. He's priced similarly to Clay Thompson, but to me, he just gets more done overall. 
Um, the peripherals are there. He had 31 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists for 59 DraftKings points in game one. Yep. So I, I do think that they're going to focus more attention on him defensively than they did in game one. But I still like him, you know, just because he does more, like I said, for peripherals than Clay Thompson does usually. And um, Steph, I mean, he he did score 24 points, but he didn't really do much else. So at that price, I, I don't really want to go there. So the play I'm looking at, um, Gary Payton, the second, you know, really good value, 3,400 on DK, 3,800 on FanDuel, had a nice game in game one. Um, and then Draymond Green, I mean, you know, I, I think that he can put up some decent numbers, uh, 6,600 on DK. Obviously, he left early because he got ejected on that soft, flagrant foul call. But, um, yeah, so so Draymond and Poole and Peyton for value would be my main plays for Golden State. Yeah, and I think it's it's smart. I mean, you know, Clay consistently just has terrible peripheral numbers. I mean, it's not just he had a bad game. One rebound and three assists. Right. You know, that's just awful. And uh, it just it makes it hard at his price because he has to drop 30 some real points for you to get there which he can do. I mean, he did it in one quarter one time. So, right. you know, I mean, we know yeah. he can do it. And, yeah. you know, if you see him going off, then he's a good play. But it's hard to really count on any of those other numbers to help from a DFS standpoint. Now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind playing his over total points on prize picks. But right. I don't like his fantasy score on prize yeah. picks. So just yeah. one way to look at it. I still think Curry's the man. I, I still... I think Curry's – I know he had a, a weak three-rebound, four-assist game, which, you know, isn't great. Um, but I just like the position here. I think if they try to guard pool a little bit more aggressively, I, I really think Curry's the one that is going to benefit the most mm-hmm. of anybody. Um, also, I thought – can... I'm ahead. sorry. Do you think that he can meet that number, though? I mean – the problem is the price. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. 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 You know what, though? I like the fact at times when a guy like that looks a smidgen overpriced because it yeah. just completely crushes their ownership. And, you know, if, if I have Curry at 35%, I'm not as excited. But if if I could squeeze under the bar with Curry at 20%, I'd, I'd feel wonderful about that because he can break the slate. Yeah. I mean, that's my theory yeah, I mean, there. He can. he can, but what if he drops like 35 points and gets two or three rebounds and three or four assists? I mean, it's not it's not going to be quite enough for value. No, it's not. And again, you know, it's there's no guarantees here, but I think I don't I just don't particularly feel like Poole's gonna have that output output again. You know, 60% yeah. shooting from the field, 50 from the line. He doesn't normally have nine assists and eight rebounds. I, I mean, I think he regresses. I think people are going to knee-jerk reaction, and Poole's going to be over-owned. I'm not saying he's a bad play. Yeah. I just don't want a guy that's over-owned. You know, if Poole's own more than Curry, which he probably will be because of the mm-hmm. price, yeah, I definitely. just think that's an aberration. I mean, we're talking about the greatest shooter in the history of the game, and we're talking about a guy that's going to be playing – again in his second playoff series of his life so i just see regression there i'll go back to curry all day long 
And I'll tell you what, I, I was happy with my Wiggins play. I've been off him all year. Mm-hmm. He was very efficient, you know, yeah. 17 points, eight rebounds. You know, he's going to get some stocks. Generally, he didn't get any here, mm-hmm. but I, he usually does. So I think at his price, he's a super value guy. And I, I think Draymond comes out really pissed. And I like a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Definitely. And if they're going to win this game, uh, you know, they were lucky to win that game after he got ejected. So yeah. if they're going to win this game, he's going to have to have a very efficient offensive game uh, and all the other peripherals. I mean, look what he had, uh, Crash. In 17 minutes, he was two for three from the field, four rebounds, three assists, three steals and a block. In 17 minutes. In 17 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, granted, he you know, that pace probably isn't sustainable, but even if he is 30% of that pace the rest of the game, he smashes his number. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really, I'm old school in this game again. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. probably Curry and Green all the way to the bank with a little value on Wiggins. And, yeah, you know, I'm going to let everybody else just continue to dive on pool. It crushed me last time when I faded him, but I'm yeah, looking yeah. at regression and I'm looking at over-ownership. Yeah, Draymond averaged just under 40 fantasy points a game against Memphis this year. So, right. I mean, he definitely had the production uh, at 6,600 on DK. I mean, that's really good value. So, And I have no interest in the Porters, Loonies, Lees, Kamingas. Right. You? No, no, no. Not playable. No. I mean, they got, like, Porter, he got extra minutes with Draymond out and stuff like that. But, yeah, in normal normal situations, no. I don't know. All right, Memphis Grizzlies, how do they figure a way to get back into this series? Well, like I said, Brooks, you know, I played mm-hmm. him, and he had one of his off-shooting nights, and he keeps shooting. Yeah, uh, Three for 13 was painful to watch. Uh, I think that can improve a little bit. The guy, though, that I want to ask you about right off the jump street here is Jaron Jackson Jr., man. You know, he has games like that where he looks like such a stinking stud. Yeah. And it all has to do with him staying out of foul trouble. Right. So are are you going to go back to him here? Or are you, are you afraid? I'm not. I, I think that he's a little bit of a trap. I think that he got a lot of that production because Draymond wasn't on the floor. And uh, I think that he's going to do what he normally does and have a huge game and let somebody, you know, 30% of the field down the next game. So I'm with you hundred percent, man. You read my mind. I, I mean, I think the kid has all the talent in the world, the propensity for foul trouble and some regression here, you know, 10 for 18, six for nine from three. And some of those threes were tough. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to him for that game. It was awesome, but uh, you know, I don't see that repeating. And I think he's another guy that, people are going to overreact and you're going to see him at his price in a mm-hmm. ton of lineups. Yeah, no, I think so. And I'm just thinking coach, cause I know you said you like Memphis. So if Draymond's going to be on the floor more and Jaron Jackson's going to do less and John Morant had almost basically a ceiling game in game one, where is the difference going to be in your mind? I, I, I think it's Dylan Brooks. Okay. I think that it's Desmond Bain because I don't I don't think he sits. I think he yeah. plays. He had his worst game of the year. Three right. for ten, one rebound, one assist. He got hurt during the game. He just was awful. 
They're not going to win. You know, if you've watched Memphis basketball, Jaw gets all of the attention and he deserves it. He's spectacular. Mm -hmm. But I, they do not get uh, even close to a two seed without Desmond Bain this year. Yeah, he was the glue not. on that team. He broke the record, as I mentioned on another podcast, for the all-time amount of threes made in a season for the Memphis Grizzlies in their history. He's a great defender. He's a clutch scorer. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'm going to be following this closely because he's my favorite play on the whole board if he's healthy enough to play. If I see no limits on minutes, he's good to go. Uh, Desmond Bain will bounce back. I mean, he did get 32 and a half minutes. And again, it was his worst game of the year. Um, mm. You know, I think, you know, the Warriors are a terrific D. They were the number one D in the league for the season. Yeah. They edged Boston back out. So uh, they'll play him tough. But Bain plays like a guy, you know, with a chip on his shoulder as well. So I, to answer your question, I think Bain, is is uh the guy that that really steps up i think brooks will rebound and i don't think jaw particularly had a ceiling game i know it was a great game mm -hmm. 10 assists nine rebounds i agree 31 shots is a lot of shots 14 for 31 for 45 percent. i mean again fantastic numbers but you know he scored over 34 points uh, yeah. on different occasions this year right. and he is the man and, you know, he's the toughest uh, defensive check for, for Golden State. So, I, you know, push comes to shove. I think it's Morant, Brooks, Bain leading the way. And, you know, if they can get anything out of Jackson, Tillman, Anderson, and Melton, who played uh, shocking, we said he was mm -hmm. dead. He was a ghost. <laughs> the dude shows up and plays 25 minutes, yeah. 14.7 rebounds and assists. Three steals and a block. Yep, thirty-three DraftKings points. At How did that happen? Whatever he was, right? He just gave him the minutes. I mean, so does he play again after that great performance? Well, if if Bain's out, he's a lock. Well, know, I don't be... think Bain's out, but yeah. if Bain plays, I mean, is Melton in consideration for you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just because for one thing, there's just not a ton of value that there's on this slate, you know, so right. he's an obvious value play at 3,900 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's 46. So he's right there in that Pat Connaughton and uh, Derek White and Grayson Allen, you know, their price range. So, and then you have Gary Payton. So it's, you know, one of those guys, I would probably lean with Melton. Um, I think he's, he's a good play. I do. You know, you know what shocked me is, you know, for the last third of the season, especially the last 10 games in that first round of the playoffs as well, Melton was really phased out. And yeah. it was Tyus Jones that got the 25, 28 minutes playing back up to jaw and then playing alongside of him a little bit. Mm -hmm. But not in this game. Tyus played 12 minutes and was basically invisible. So you know, that is a head scratcher yeah. for me. Yeah, maybe they go back to Tyus in this game. That's a good point. I'm afraid of that. You know, I mean, I I love Melton. He always produces when he gets minutes. He really yeah. does. He's a nice DFS player. But I am so terrified of the Melton Jones, one of them not getting enough minutes. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to go there. It is very tempting, but I bet you Melton gets a lot of ownership because mm -hmm. you know, everybody saw game one. But yeah. don't be surprised if, if Tyus gets 24 and Melton gets 12. I mean, that's scary to me. Right. The guy that I want to stick with, though, and you wanted one more guy to get it done if they're going to win this game, and that's Brandon Clark. Yeah. He, he played 30 and a half minutes, which he's been playing. I mean, even though they've been starting Tillman, he's not getting many minutes. Clark's the guy. You know, he, mm -hmm. he shot. He was only took six shots. I think that goes up. He was four for six. But nine rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Um, he's playing at a high level, I really think. Uh, even uh, expecting Jackson to regress a little bit, I think Clark picks up some of those additional stats. So for me, Crash, it's uh, cautious with Brooks, Bain, Morant, and Clark being the key mm -hmm. guys. Yeah, I actually like Clark more than Portis, and they're priced about the same. So wow, you're gonna get yeah. your Milwaukee Bucks fans oh. smashing you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, better check outside my door and see if they're lining up. <laughs> exactly, Mrs. Portis yeah. is out there. If she has those googly killer eyes, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, and they're from Arkansas too. So are they? Oh yeah, he played yeah. at Arkansas. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow, what a turn coach you are, Brandon Clark over Bobby Portis. Yeah, just because I don't I don't think that. Portis is going to consistently shoot as well as he did in game one. You know, he was really on in game one and he'll have games where he's not as good. And, you know, that could be a way that Boston gets back in the series too. So makes perfect sense, man. So I think that is, you know, the breakdown as best we can give it sort of a review of game one. We got the numbers. Uh, you know, we have several different opportunities here to go. Uh, a lot of different directions, a couple of fairly decent value plays. But, you know, I guess it's going to come down to you got the three highest price guys on the slate, and that's where the decision is going to come in. There's no way you can play them all. But right. Giannis at 11-4, which is a big commitment, but I don't see how – I just don't see how you don't play him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Tatum's 9-8, Curry's 9-1, Jaws 10-1. So – Yikes. What are you what are you looking at with those four big dogs? Um I think we talked about a little bit in the opener, but I, in the opening, I would say Giannis won. It's tough for me between Morant and Tatum. That would be my number two guys, I think. Right. I, mean, I don't think I'm as high on Steph as you are. And then who is the other one you said? Uh Tatum, Curry, Morant, and Giannis. Okay. Yeah, so so I would say I guess Giannis one, Tatum two, Morant three, and Curry four for me. And for me, it's probably Giannis one, Curry two, Brown three, Morant four. I do think Morant will have. You said a really Brown. Good. You meant Tatum, right? Oh, I meant Tatum. Yeah, Brown is like number nine for me. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry about that, but yeah, Morant. Um, I think he gets more helps from his buddies in this game. You know, mm -hmm. with with. Uh, Bain Brooks and uh, Clark and, and some of his uh, other fellows. So, but again, you can't go wrong with any of them, but you can't no. play them all because we don't have any of those right. super duper cheap guys. I mean, you're let's face it. If you're going to play a couple of those guys, you're going to have to dig in for a Grayson Allen, a Grant Williams, you know, uh, mm. possibly a, 
DeAnthony Melton. You know, you're going to have Payton to find Jr. value somewhere. Yeah, Gary Payton Jr. would be another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. I think that should wrap it up for us. Uh, nice breakdown there. I think uh, good luck to your Bucks. I know, you know, that that's a huge game for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think both home teams rebound and win tonight. So, yeah. But we'll see. It, there'll be two good games, I I think, both competitive and uh, certainly competitive from the, the uh, DFS side of things. All right, prize picks. We almost forgot. What do you got on prize picks, my friend? I'm going to take the over on Drew Holiday, four and a half rebounds. He had nine rebounds in game one, but I do think he can get over that number. Um, you know, probably six to seven is what I'm projecting for him. He got over that number in all but one of his last five games. So I do like him to get over that number. With Middleton out, he tends to get more rebounds. So um, I like Holiday over four and a half rebounds. And uh, do you want to go ahead with your other your play, or do you want me to give my other one, or how do you want to do it? Well, I've got a guy for rebounds as well. I'm going Desmond Bain over four rebounds. Okay, uh, generally is in the you know hits the glass and gets it done. Again, it, you know that will change if I get info that he's not playing because he's questionable or he's mm-hmm. you know capped on minutes or whatever the case may be, but. Full-blown Desmond Bain. I'm going to go over four rebounds. Okay. I'm going to go with my second play. I'm going to go with John Morant over one and a half blocks and steals. Um, He had three steals in game one. And like Holiday, he's gone over this number in four of his last five games. So I like the over at one and a half on blocks and steals for Morant. I like it. I'm going with the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. Over four threes made. I think he gets 12, 14 threes up, makes six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about Steph from deep uh, getting it done today. Yeah, he made five in game one. So Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, I think he gets more attempts than he did just because the defense shifting just a little bit to pool enough to mm-hmm. you know, not uh, to take a – all he needs is about two inches to get a three-point shot up. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll yeah, hopefully he can eat him. He's unreal. I mean, I hate to go against him. I, I know I said he would be number four in my top four on the slate, but he's one of my favorite players. He's probably my second favorite player behind Giannis. So. I already posted it. Hopefully he'll see it that you ranked him last. So Yeah, and he'll go I, off for like 50 tonight. I, I'm hoping he just chucks from everywhere the logo. Yeah. All right, my friend, appreciate it. Great job. Uh, definitely uh, thank uh, Prize Picks for being our sponsor, prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Coach Talk, get that $100 match on your first deposit. DFSCoachTalk.com. If you want to join us, you can get as little as a three day membership for 10 bucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up on the way out. That's a really important thing to us. Hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, hit click that clock in the upper corner there. That alarm will let you know when any of our podcasts post. And we will certainly be back again tomorrow uh, for all the NBA action uh, as this, the playoffs just get heated up. I think the semifinal and final rounds in the conferences are some of the best basketball you'll see all season. Yeah. So uh, we're definitely fired up as our two teams are still in it. Deb's team is in it. 
So we have all our, our favorites uh, still alive. Uh, Brett's team is in it. So we got all our all our guys uh, and coach talk pretty much with their favorite teams still in the running. So we got a lot of interest here and we're going to keep breaking it down for you and try to give you some winners. Uh, keep an eye on us on uh, Twitter all day. We'll be posting all the coach speak and, and beat writer news uh, at DFS coach talk. I am at Joe Sarvati and the man, the myth, the legend here is at JP Davis, 1982. Any final words, sir? I was just wondering, is Deb going to be on the podcast with you again tomorrow for another Suns Mavs breakdown? You know what? I will give her that offer. Uh, she was talking a little trash to me on in Discord uh, yeah. about the Suns and Aiton. So I'm a, I'm a little no, I'm just kidding. It was all in in fun. And right. I will check with her. So it'll either it'll probably be Deb uh, on there with me. Um, uh, for that one. And then you and I can jump back on. Cause I know you don't want to miss the bucks for goodness sakes. Right. Especially back <laughs> in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know if you, they may cancel you after this Bobby Portis trash talk. <laughs> hey, I'm going to predict, I'll go ahead and throw this out there too. I'm predicting that Milwaukee and golden state both win tonight. We are head to, all right. So we have to have, we have to have a little wager here. If if your two teams win, I will do the podcast tomorrow with no hat on. So you have to stare at my shiny head. If my two teams win, you have no hat, and we get to look at your shiny head. And if they both split? If they split, then we, we save everybody from having to see any of our bald domes. Okay. But both teams have, because I'm predicting the two home teams, you're predicting the two road teams. So if we get a sweep... Somebody's going to be shining. You better get out the, the shiner for the dome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. That. That's a gentleman's agreement. I'll take it. Gentleman's agreement. It won't be tomorrow because Deb's on, but the following yeah. day we'll still on have Thursday. to own up to it. Yep. Yeah, on Thursday we'll have to do that. All right, man. All right, everybody, enjoy it. I hope you crush it. I hope this gives you a good jump start in building your lineups, and uh, we'd love to have you join us anytime here at DFS Coach Talk. We will be back tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA, DFS, and prize picks.